I'm Helen. And I'm Steph. And this is our podcast. Oh, sorry. Didn't need to do that. I love your little tunes. I love your little tunes. Welcome back. Episode nine. Oh my gosh, the next one, we're in double figures. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Yes. Yay. Come on. Come on. Sometimes I say things and I think that really should just be to myself or like little songs and stuff. So I'm going to shut up now. Helen, how was your weekend? <laughs> I'm definitely not singing. It's all good. <laughs> I only do that in uh, in private or in a choir, not on my own. <laughs> Not to an audience. Um, yeah, it was good, thank you. Yeah, it was okay. Um, didn't really do much exciting stuff. Oh, my friend, I was going to say about this cool video I just saw on Instagram. My friend's down in um, Cornwall at the moment and they went out on a boat and saw dolphins. <gasps> dolphins? Oh my goodness. Yeah. In the UK? Yeah, it looks like the Caribbean, but it's just off Newquay. Oh, Wow. It's literally the whole of England and Wales and Northern Ireland and Scotland all in Cornwall, by the way. I feel like everyone's gone on holiday to Cornwall. Yeah. <laughs> literally everyone's in Cornwall. I know when we were in Devon a few weeks ago, it was it did feel like the whole of the UK had gone to Devon yeah. for the same week. <laughs> oh, wow. So did, were they on a boat trip or something, do you say? Yeah, they were on, I don't know if it, it was just luck or whether because you I think you do quite often get them down there and also seals I think sometimes you get down that neck of the woods so whether they yeah they maybe they were just out on a boat trip and happened to see dolphins and it's it's like the Titanic they're like jumping in front of the boat how cool oh that's like being on proper holiday that yeah so nice isn't it and there was I did see in the news I think she was called like Sandra the seal who was going (laughs) on paddle boards and stuff with people oh my god I love that Sandra the seal. I think that was her uh, name. Mm. That's so nice. I love a bit of oh, I love a good animal story or animal video. Yeah, cheers you right up, doesn't it? A nice little animal story. Oh, they're the best, actually. I saw a yeah. kitten earlier on Twitter that just found its feet, like literally, as in oh. like, could didn't realise it had feet. Oh, that's so, <laughs> so cute. cute. <laughs> oh, to be a kitten. <laughs> Oh, I love that. How was your weekend and week? Yeah, good, thank you. I I felt a bit like, I was thinking this earlier, it was busy and I didn't really let myself relax enough. You know, one of those where Mm. like in your, you've got like in your head, your to-do list and things you want to get done and then sleep doesn't I mean we we did sleep last week by the way if you missed it you can catch up on our sleep episode um from last week I didn't follow my own guidance at all and I just I think so I work (laughs) I was terrible I work Saturday nights and then I woke up on Sunday quite early so then I was like right I'm just gonna get up and get on and then I was shattered again so anyway Mm. but it was but then maybe you were trying to do the whole waking up at the same time thing yeah true true mm. it's got... difficult isn't it because I always think like when you wake up is that your body's natural way of waking you up because you've had enough sleep should you then not try to get back to sleep if it's past a certain time I don't know I try so hard to get back to sleep honestly mm. I try like 
I'm re- I'll lay there for like an hour, an hour and a half, and I'm like, yeah, I've probably tried quite hard now. I probably <laughs> should just get up. <laughs> oh dear! Oh, that's so funny. Oh. Oh. Yeah, it must be it must be weird working on Saturday nights for you, Bessie. Mm. I went over to Dave's parents for dinner as well yesterday. That was nice. Nice. Yeah. Yummy. But do you have a roast? Mm. Yeah. Really good. Very very nice. Love a good roast dinner. Are you back on your? Because didn't you say you and Phil did each weekend? You'd go for a different a roast in a different place. Yeah, we love a roast dinner. Yeah. So actually, yesterday we had a takeaway but from the place that we'd got takeaway from during lockdown quite a few times they do such a good race but we have actually been out a few times yeah love a race I said yeah it's so nice they put it all in like the little foil takeaway container so it stays really hot but I've said to Phil before we should start like a blog on (laughs) face dinner face dinner like top advice and places to go oh my gosh you could come up with such a good name for that I don't know what, yes. but I'm going to try and think of it. Think of a name and we'll do yeah. it. I might have to convince him. I might just do it on my own. <laughs> yeah, do it. I'm thinking another podcast. I mean, for discussion another time, maybe. Yeah, the Race Dinner podcast. I think you're on something there. I'm just going to put it right. out there. <laughs> Quickly copyright <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm going to do some market research and find out who my competitors might be. Uh, oh but that's gonna open a whole world of like free roast dinners because you could say look we'll feature you on our podcast if you give us a free roastie yeah oh my goodness <laughs> you I think you're onto something there and you could tour around the country and I bet there's places that have got I don't know like the biggest Yorkshire pudding or something and yes and then you could swim yeah. in some gravy mm. yum <laughs> I've gone off on a right. tangent I love food <laughs> So from next week, we'll no longer be doing a mental health and well-being podcast. We'll be yeah. doing a pace, a podcast about roast dinners. <laughs> a roast cast. <laughs> a roast cast. I love that. Oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> actual word. Oh, one to think about anyway. Yeah. One to think about. So today, what are we talking about today? We're talking about thinking, aren't we? We are. Thinking, um, negative thinking patterns and negative thought processes with anxiety and just in general, what can we do about them? Because nobody likes them. They crop up when you least need them in your life. And actually, there's quite a lot of kind of practical things you can do to grab hold of them a little bit. I'm so good at negative spiral catastrophizing thinking. Mm. I'm an ex- I'm an expert. It's not probably not a good thing to be an expert in, but I know that I just I'm so, I'm so one of these people that does this. It's and it seems so when you take a step back and you're Have you heard of that book that's called like The Chimp Paradox or something? No. It's written I think it's written by a sports psychologist. I want to say Stephen someone and he talks about how the brain you've got different types like parts of the brain you know how we've talked about the oh what's it called the bit where you fight or flight or freeze mm, yeah and the yeah. sort of animal instincts and how mm. like the chimp can take over and sometimes the other part can take over but I think what I was roundabout way of trying to say is like when you're in the rational level bit and you can take a step back it's 
quite seems quite straightforward to think, oh, don't think bad stuff and get yourself down. But then when you're in it, different story. Mm. Yeah, that is such a good point. And I think a lot of people say, well, just think more positively. Yeah, not that easy. <laughs> and actually, some... I was, yeah, it's, I was thinking about what we were going to talk about today and thinking actually there's probably another podcast in there about more thinking more positively. So today we'll focus on like not thinking so negatively, but then getting a more positive mindset is kind of a whole another thing you know and it's it's just not that easy and you're totally right when you're in it and when you're being sucked into that spiral it's actually really difficult to stop it and there was a lovely quote I think he said it on um I think it was the one we were talking about self-image and I put it on our insta the other day about the thoughts that are so quick and automatic that you almost don't know they're happening until they've happened and then you're in it yeah, this that's exactly it, isn't it? And and it's so ingrained. Mm. And you know, we talk about habits with well-being and mental health. I feel like the habit of negative thinking can be uh, so like you've pra- not practiced it consciously, but you've done it over and over so much. Why is that? Mm. Why does your brain do that? Is it to try and keep you safe in some way? Mm. Yeah. So partly it is. So some some of what you just said is like how it becomes this learnt behaviour. So you do it over such a long amount of time and you do it for so long that it becomes normal and it becomes this ingrained habit. And then it's once it's a learnt behaviour, you have to consciously unlearn it and almost go against your instincts. But essentially, yeah, it goes back to what you were just saying about the chimp book. So you, that our brains are kind of hardwired actually to think in quite a negative way because we are hardwired to recognize and identify threats and dangers and um, risks that actually that naturally leads to kind of quite negative thinking patterns so you have to quite actively go against that instinct and it's quite difficult to do that particularly if You've kind of learned this behavior from, you know, previous experience or something that's actually been with you from quite a young age to unlearn it is is quite difficult. Yeah, this is. Can I just apologize? I think there might be someone outside either doing something to their garden or (laughs) revving a motorbike at quite a pace. (laughs) So just to mention that, sorry. Bit of Um, background noise. Yeah. Yeah, it's I think that's getting back to the core of how those thoughts happened and and actually I think some people say oh I I, I imagine there's different schools of thought on this on whether that is beneficial to get back to how it all began or actually Mm. we're here and now we're Mm. we're in the present now so how do we move forward really Mm, how do we move forward yeah and that's like with modern life obviously the things that we used to when we were you know cavemen back in the day the things you would identify as a risk or a threat are completely different to those things that we now identify as a risk or a threat and quite often they're not the same level of risk or they're not presenting them the same level as threat of threat as being faced with a tiger in the wild but our mm. brains still behave in the same way and yeah I think just I think it's quite important to say that actually it's quite normal. I guess that's what we're trying to get at here, that it's quite normal to have those negative thoughts. But actually, if you suffer from a mental health condition, so an anxiety disorder or a depressive disorder, actually your 
those that you can get so wrapped up in those and they become such a fundamental part of that disorder they can become really life limiting and actually be quite a barrier to like recovery and being able to change and just quite consuming actually yeah and I I think I was reading the other day that if you imagine saying to someone who maybe like isn't hasn't got a a mental health condition but almost just in being like a parrot on their shoulder all day giving them negative comments and negative thoughts like a dripping tap the whole time your it does something to your mood and your the way you think about yourself and how you feel Mm. so it's really quite powerful isn't it Mm. (laughs) they're so they're so powerful yep they're so so powerful and actually you can see that if you've if you've been thinking in that way over a period of time you just come to believe it and you come to not be able to see any other way forward so hopefully we'll be able to help you a little bit today with that yeah mm-hmm. are we were we talking about giving some examples of what they are yeah so let's chat a bit about some of the most common um kind of disordered thoughts or errors in thinking so that's like the kind of language that um you use in sort of CBT so cognitive behavior therapy so like errors in thinking there's quite sort of categories in terms of how you might how these negative thought patterns might present themselves so there's some quite common ones catastrophizing being mm. one <laughs> probably the top one actually um which you've just mentioned so that is essentially thinking the absolute worst case scenario in any situation is that I don't know if you're going to get onto this. Is that black and white, the black and white thinking as well, where suddenly everything, there's no shades of grey. It's literally just, Mm. yeah, everything, and which kind of sounds quite dramatic. So everything's quite, like catastrophizing Mm. is quite dramatic, isn't it? Yeah, so black and white thinking is, yeah, exactly another one, but really linked to that. So it's either one extreme or the other, like there's no in between. It's actually, this is the only outcome and this is going to be the outcome and I know that this is going to be the outcome so this is how I'm going to respond to that yeah oh my Mm. gosh I'm such a catastrophizer it's uh yeah and it yeah I'm sure you're I'm sure you're not but it's uh, it's it's important to recognize it isn't it so that's good that you kind of can identify with that and think oh yeah I think that I do do that actually it's the different states I think when you look at the kind of holistic approach and it keeps, I keep mentioning last week's topic about sleep and I know we'll get onto this, but like it's looking after the state that you're in to Mm. help you not get in those spirals, not get in those, Mm. which has been so difficult in 2020. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. It's definitely worth mentioning that, that actually Mm. the whole, everything that's happened this year has just, generally made it harder to think in a positive way I think so even those people who are quite good at thinking in a positive way have probably really struggled with it because everything we're surrounded with feels quite negative and threatening threatening I think that's such a a good word Mm. like there's risk like Mm. risk that you wouldn't normally associate with stepping out the front door it's Mm. just bizarre isn't it yeah yeah exactly yeah but yeah, catastrophizing big one. The other thing we do with with um catastrophizing is the whole what if 
scenario based stuff so projecting ourselves into this scenario um what if this happens and what if that happens and how am I gonna you know cope with that and this is bound to happen and what if I do this and what if somebody else is thinking this and just having to feel like you have to mitigate against all of those things is actually exhausting a classic I don't know if if this is a quote or something but people people someone said it to me before is the things that you don't worry about aren't normally the things that sorry the things that you worry about aren't normally the things that end up happening so it's the things mm. which is even worse it's like right okay what else have yeah. I got to worry about then <laughs> yeah thanks very much <laughs> this is what I was worried about and there's yeah. a whole load of other things that I haven't even thought about that yeah. are probably going to go wrong <laughs> well a classic example with with this year because if you'd told us all through the middle of last year you know you might have been worried about oh my car's getting a bit old maybe that's something I need to think about at the beginning of 2020 not the fact that I'm going to be locked down in my house mm. and you know wearing a mask when I go to the shop yeah yeah exactly that exactly that um the other thing that kind of leads on quite nicely to that is the whole kind of um, generalisation type thing where you generalise based on maybe one experience or one thing that's happened and you cast this sweeping generalisation that because it's happened once or because it's happened to somebody else or because you've experienced something that that is bound to be what happens again and actually you you don't know that you have no control over that and it's quite unlikely to be the scenario but because we base what we assume is going to happen on previous events it's very easy to slip into that does that that's a really um yeah I think that I can see how easily that happens does that link also because we were talking just before we recorded there's a book that I've read that's talks about like the bottom line where you've got like a core belief about yourself that might be quite negative and there could be like a situation that triggers you feeling anxious or negative and then you're kind of looking for the confirmation that that is true so that Mm. that um I I assume that must be from previous experience because something's happened and you've Mm. thought well when that happens this then happens which means that then happens which means I am whatever you know Mm. whatever that is yeah yeah exactly that and it's amazing isn't it how you link all of those things together so there might be like several different steps or links or scenarios within that but because of your previous experience or because of something that's previously affected you link all of that together even when there is actually no obvious link and come up come up with this outcome that is so unlikely to happen but you then convince yourself yeah and find yourself trying to find um facts to back that up to confirm that yes that is that is what's going to happen so therefore I'm just not going to do it or I'm going to change my plans or I'm going to be stuck in this cycle forever it does feel like that in the moment I think as well that's a really good thing to mention is that you don't think of feeling level or feeling good again Uh, weirdly Mm. random mention but earlier on Russell Brand came up on Twitter and he does those little quite kind of spiritual sort of uh, little videos now and he was talking about heartbreak and you know it was it was quite I feel like his stuff's quite high brow or high level concepts Mm. are quite um 
yeah, he comes across, but it's very sort of intelligent. And but part of it was trying to remember that you will feel okay again. You will mm. come out the other side, and you there is a happier other side. But in the moment, that's difficult as well yeah. to grasp hold of that. That is such an important point, and we absolutely you can see how easily you fall into that trap of feeling like that and in the moment you have these feelings which are so powerful and so strong that you just you forget that you've ever felt any different or that you will feel different and I think we need to remember that feelings and thoughts are quite fleeting so they will come and go there'll be things that really influence how you're thinking in the environment and in your personal circumstances and actually in that in that moment, that is not the only way that you're going to feel forever. Definitely. Mm. The other, there's a few others. So mind reading is a big one. I think I, I do that quite a lot, which is like kind of making assumptions about what other people were thinking about you, which is actually really awful if you think about it, because they're normally quite negative things that you come up with in that little brain. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, I think I've definitely been guilty of that before. And it's, um, particularly with, and this kind of changed a bit during lockdown is we didn't have all those different pressures. Like they would, I suppose they were different types of pressure, but social pressures were, weren't the same. And Mm. I've realized as I've started making plans again, that if I can't do everything or I can't do one thing, I feel awful. And then I think that they think I'm an awful person and yeah, mind reading to the max. Yeah, that is, but that's so common. I think that's one of the biggies there, isn't it? About having to cancel plans and stuff. And I know, I think we spoke about this with maybe when we were talking about self-care and boundaries and stuff and about how we do this thing where we project our own fears into like onto others and assume that they're going to think the worst of us and well then I'm going to cancel that plan because I don't feel like I can go at the moment but then all of those people are going to hate me and they're going to think I'm boring and then they're not going to want to be my friend and then I'm going to be lonely and then there you are in the spiral (laughs) before you know it but actually none of those people are probably thinking that but when you're in the moment you are absolutely convinced that that is that is what they're thinking yeah and and you're right we always go to the negative on that they're probably Mm. not and that's another saying isn't it oh and I can't remember how it goes but it's something like something to do with other people aren't thinking about worrying about you as much as you're worrying about yourself or something like that's not the saying (laughs) yeah no but it's quite true I think everyone has their own stuff going on and actually people probably think much less about you than you think that they are in the, mm. in the nicest possible way. Like they probably actually don't have the energy or the brain space to be thinking all of the things that you're thinking mm. that they're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Can we say the word thinking one more time? Um, but that, if you think about that, actually it's quite, it's quite a, um, it's a really unhealthy way to think, but also the impact that that could have on your your life and the decisions you make in your social life is really drastic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And and I think you put it really well as well when you said you're projecting your fears because it's the most negative thing you think about yourself and you're putting it in that other person's head or thinking they're thinking that. Mm. Is that because you... Is that... Oh, gosh, it's almost like self-sabotage, isn't it? You're you're mm. doing it to kind of reflect back something horrible about yourself. 
Mm. Weird. Yeah, it's exactly that. And I think if you if you're maybe that that's how you're feeling about yourself. So you think that everybody else is feeling that mm. or thinking that because you're thinking it. So therefore, everybody else must be. Mm. Yeah. Um, one more biggie to just think about in terms of these categories is that we um, ignore the positives. So we kind of really disqualify and discredit the positive things that happen. So if you think about maybe like a work scenario is the most obvious one to go for with this. So say like on a Friday afternoon, you make a mistake at work and you get told off about it or whatever. You don't get sacked, but you just get told off. (laughs) Um, And actually, that is the thing that sticks with you. So you might have had really successful week a really productive week and done some really great stuff and been praised by a lot of people and colleagues but that one negative thing that happened will stick with you and you will completely disqualify and discount all of the other positive things that happened before that yes that is another biggie it that made me think of being at school then you know when you're doing all different subjects and you might do fairly well in a fair few subjects or in one subject Mm. and then another thing goes wrong or goes badly and you're you just write you sort of write yourself off Mm. yeah that's such a good example so you're like really strong in like five areas and then not quite so strong in one area and that's the one that you focus on and you convince yourself that you're then terrible and rubbish at everything because of that one little area that you're not so good on but how boring would the world be if we were all the same like isn't it great Mm. that you're you've got those skills and those talents in those areas that's that makes you you sort of thing mm, definitely yeah absolutely does definitely does so there's some nice examples mm. are there any more things that you can think of that maybe come into your mind often oh I think we've covered most of them I think the black mm. and white thing and the catastrophizing is a big one isn't it Mm, um yeah projecting thoughts I th- yeah mm, I think they're kind of the main the main ones um and yeah so you, should we just think about what we can do about them those horrible things yes <laughs> help 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 us please so if you're listening to this and we've just spoken through some of those examples and you've been going yes I do that <laughs> yes oh my goodness yes I totally recognize that um one of the biggest things to remember which we were just talking about before is that thoughts are not facts i sound like a computer or a robot thoughts are not facts but if i say it enough times you might you might start to believe it because honestly when you're in the moment it can feel like that is the reality Mm. and i promise you it isn't it is your brain making you think that that is the reality but a thought is not a fact that's so so important I think Mm. in and I think trying and and maybe it's working out these strategies before so that you've kind of almost got them as like a little backup for when this might happen and one of them could be I just thought of then just like breathing just focusing on your breathing Mm. and then I guess things like meditation come in and when you're doing meditation they talk a lot about you can kind of think of your brain as you've got like the blue sky and then you've got the clouds and if the clouds are the thoughts or Mm. if it's like a river and it's something floating down the river like that will pass just let it pass the blue sky Mm. is still there yeah 
and almost visualizing them just floating by so you're not you're just observing them you're not engaging with them and you know that they're not facts they are just these things that pop up in your mind and you can Mm -hmm. observe it and you don't have to engage with it and they don't have to define you the other thing that comes to mind with this is finding safety because I feel like a lot of this is about you you feel um a threat like there's a threat or you feel at risk or you feel unsafe is there Mm. a way of of creating or knowing a safe space whether that's physically or within Mm. yourself to try and in those moments like kind of wrap yourself Mm. up and look after yourself a bit yeah yeah definitely I think yeah being in a safe space and knowing um like trusting your own mind and again knowing that these are not facts and that you have control over them is a really big thing because it can actually when you're in the moment it feels like actually you can be quite out of control so there's something really important about knowing that you are in control of your mind and body despite what it's trying to make you think um and you you have that control over your behavior and and your actions and what you do and whether you choose to go out or you don't or whether you put yourself in a certain scenario or you don't you know you you are able to control that regardless of what your negative thoughts are trying to make you believe Mm. and Mm. I think it's feeling as as trying to create um yeah the safety thing I don't know because I know we've also talked about pushing bound like um pushing yourself outside your comfort zone as well but I suppose when it's something extreme like a kind of negative catastrophizing situation Mm. I don't know if that's the right time or not to be yeah I agree I think you have to I mean you have to get I think it's important to find a balance so doing the things so not letting these negative thoughts prevent you from doing things that feel a little bit scary is really important because that almost reinforces the 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 thought and the fear mm. that might not be there but also knowing your own self like what you feel able to do in that moment and maybe trying to find some sort of middle ground so if you if you if there's some particular scenario you're worried about can you not maybe not do the whole thing or can you do do it in an alternative way so mm. you're not you still feel like you can engage with with it on some level whether it's a social thing or a work thing that there's some sort of middle ground where you can say do you know what I don't feel like I can do that but I can do that yes Mm. I like the idea of that Mm. that feels a bit safer doesn't it so I've done I've done a four-step thing which are my four p's (laughs) so I did this I did this when we did the social media one, I think, and it was quite nice, so I thought I'd do it again. Pee away. I love a little, what's it called? I want to say it's an um, acronym, but I don't think it is, is it, when you've got four things that begin with the same letter? Uh, and alliteration? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. Oh, I'm going it, back to my no, English classes. Is it, is it? No, you might be right. It might be an acronym. Is it? Oh, I don't we'll, know. We'll, fi- we'll find out afterwards. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm not going to tell you what. Yeah, I've studied. Oh, that's really embarrassing. I don't know what that is and I should know that. <laughs> it's called something in the English language. Anyway, yeah. Um. so P number one is pinpoint. So pinpoint the thought, recognise the thought, acknowledge it 
and realise that it's happening. So like we said earlier, the whole spiralling thoughts happen quite automatically and quite quickly and quite often you probably don't even realise that they are happening. So being able to pinpoint when that's happening and also trying to make the thoughts not vague. So we sometimes have these vague fears but we can't really acknowledge what we're actually afraid of. So really trying to acknowledge it and pinpoint pinpoint it to something is step number one. And actually, it's surprising how powerful that is in its own right. So, you know, being able to acknowledge that these these things are happening to your thoughts and actually they don't have to be the norm. Can you write them down? I feel like would that help... Mm. I've started to try to start a little diary app thing on my phone and it is interesting when you take a step back to look at what was going Mm. on. Yeah, writing it down is really powerful and makes you realise what it is you're thinking and also can help you to track patterns and stuff if you do it over an amount of time, Mm. which can also then help you to identify what your triggers are. So yeah, that's super helpful. I like it. Okay, PP? P2 is pause. So exactly what you just said about take a breath, take a step back, like a mental step back and just allow you yourself to absorb, um, observe that thought. So you're not engaging with it. You're not spiraling with it. You've recognized it and you pause and you just, even if you do it physically, so you do, you know, if you're looking at an email or something and it's, and it's, triggered something for you literally take a physical step away sit somewhere quiet for a minute or two and just breathe and don't engage with the thought it's amazing actually what that will give you in terms of headspace oh yeah and that that's exactly it isn't it that space between you Mm. and the thought and how coming back to what you were saying about thoughts and feelings uh they're not real or permanent Mm. it yeah becoming the observer and I think the breathing thing, there's quite a lot of stuff, actually. There's lots of books and there's lots of, yo- I'd say yoga's quite good for learning breathing stuff, isn't it? Mm, yeah, yoga's so good. Yeah, anything that allows you just to come back to the present and feel grounded, I think, and and kind of remove yourself and put a bit of distance between you and the thought is yes. good. Mm. Nice. P number three is power. You've got the power. Oh, yes, do, we're back on do, it. Do. <laughs> well, we haven't had a song reference for a few episodes. I think we might have done Snap the Power before. Oh. Oh, no. Damn, I think we have. Oh, oh no. Got to think of more songs with pow, pow, <laughs> power. Oh, The Power of Love. The... Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Yes. Yes. Let's go with that one. <laughs> so... Power is really important and powerful. <laughs> so, so kind of taking back, knowing that you can take back the power from that thought. So in the moment, like we've we've been saying the whole episode, really, it feels like you are not in control of that thought. You You don't have power over it. It has power over you, but it doesn't. You and believing that you have that power and really allowing yourself to take that power back from it. Yes. Mm. Power to the people. What's that song that goes, Power to the People? Do you do. Oh. Keep going. This is great. Oh, I can't sing. Pa- power to the people. Power to the. 
og, og kommet med. <laughs> I'm not singing. This is brilliant. I love it. I think I know what you mean, but I think you need to sing a bit more before I realise what song you're talking about. I think it. I think it's rap, and I'm. It's not my forte, rap. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> not not an area I'm an expert in. Oh, I love it. There's probably people. I'm gonna Google songs about power now. Yeah, that's quite a lot. That's a goodie. <laughs> but yeah, essentially taking the power back and knowing that you have the power to control it and control your response to it is a biggie. P number four is positive replacement. So this is where things get a bit tricky and where you're not going to find that it happens overnight. But knowing you've got the choice to replace that negative thought with a more positive thought. And even if you find it really challenging to do, still do it. Hmm. Is there a, I, I always, this one uh, is an interesting one. I was about, I was about to say going to talk to other people, someone that you trust can be, I think mm. can be really helpful. And the reason I say I sort of kind of almost stop myself saying that is because sometimes I think I've mentioned before, I might be someone who kind of, um, what's the words almost consults friends and family a bit too much and so then Mm. I've kind of taken the power away from myself on making decisions or kind of coming up with what I feel is right in that scenario so Mm. but I do think that there's a balance there I think being able to open up a bit and they might be able to give you another positive view that you've not considered Mm. because they're the exactly it's a it's a different different perspective isn't it and somebody listening to your thoughts on it and giving their view on and a different on a different perspective is yeah yeah can be really helpful mm. yeah they were good peas so, yeah they were the four steps so just you know it's going to be it's not something that I think will change overnight I think if you if they're quite ingrained um, patterns within your thinking but just doing those little baby steps towards it and recognizing when they're happening and trying to do these things on certain occasions, particularly with the thoughts that feel quite life limiting. So the ones that are actually really impacting on your life and your decisions, really trying to, you know, focus on those ones that that are having a big impact on your life and trying to make some changes in those. And we were saying just before we started recording, there's some really good books about, aren't there? Mm. And I think you've mentioned um, about CBT in this episode and the books on that to try and kind of break it down for you. And there's actual worksheets that you can fill in. And mm. it's amazing how, because I think sometimes you can think with those things, oh yeah, sure, I'm sure that works. Like, yeah, that doesn't work. But actually you sit and do it. And it's amazing um, mm. how much it, how much it can help. Yeah, definitely. And also you've kind of got nothing to lose. Like if you feel like you're stuck in this, spiraling negative rut actually trying something new even if there's certain things that don't help you they're probably not going to make it any worse so yeah just have a bit of faith and give it a try I think um Aunt Middleton who's does the SAS program oh yeah I, think I speak about them sometimes quite a lot oh, <laughs> Jason it. Fox as well oh yeah um <laughs> favorite of mine um but Aunt Middleton has got a new book out I don't think it's out yet I think like just before Christmas I think it's called like zero negativity which is probably quite a bold statement because trying to trying to eliminate every 
part of every kind of element of negativity in your life is probably quite difficult. (laughs) But I think it would be a good book. I mean, they go through crazy stuff, don't they? The people that are in the SAS. So Mm -hmm. they've got um, very strong, very strong positive mindset. So it might be a good one to read. Yes. And there's a series Mm. as well called, I think it's actually called Reading Well, I think Mm. is the name of it. And they're almost like, almost like not textbooks, like massive textbooks, but manageable accessible series Mm. of books which are good yeah that's really good I think we're quite lucky nowadays aren't we that there is so much um it's it's so accessible all of this stuff like the self-help stuff online and in books actually is some of it is really good love it power to the people Mm. yep should we do our three things yes so (laughs) this week we're doing three things we do to help stop negative thinking Mm. I think it's your turn to go first. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Okay, this one is a really good idea and I'm really bad at doing it. But meditating. Um, yes. And it's so hard to do when you're in a, particularly when you're in a, in a bad place. And I'm, I'm really not, I'm really not good at this actually. But I know because a lot of the ones you get on the apps and stuff are like 10 minutes 10 minutes of mm. that and I have got a different perspective by the end of it already mm. but I'm so bad at doing it but that is number one if I can do it number one <laughs> yeah it's a meditation is really powerful and the tools that you use in meditating you can use through other areas of your life you know once you get those skills um you can yeah you can apply them to other areas of your life yes very good one. Yeah, I'm not. I'm also not great at that. Um, my number one is probably to verbalise stuff. So, like you just said about talking to friends, and actually, when things are in your head, they feel really um, all-consuming. And actually, if you talk to somebody about it and verbalise it, it not only gets it out of your head, so you use less brain power and energy thinking about it. But yeah, like you said, you can get a fresh perspective on it. Problem shared is a problem halved. Yes, indeed. Classic. The classic. <laughs> um, I was going to, I think I did say this last week with sleep, but I think this for me is probably when I'm feeling, I think sometimes being negativity sort of spills over I don't know if anyone else feels this into like overwhelm you know like when you just mm. feel overwhelmed so I was mm. going to say getting away from my phone like a bit of a digital detox helps me because I think someone explained like stress once and I think I don't know if it's the same with negativity is like a jar in your head that fills up and when there's too much in that jar it spills over so mm. if you can like eliminate because I think I sometimes find with my phone um you if you've got lots of different platforms that you're using or like social media and stuff it's just coming at all angles so to get back to feeling more grounded and stuff I think I probably do a bit of that Mm. yes definitely a good one Mm. bit of a digital detox um I think my second one would be so using one of my p's (laughs) is like just pausing and stepping away from it because that's actually really powerful and can just snap you out of that cycle and do something that's then really distracting and different so if there's something whatever it is and you're stuck in this cycle doing something that actually 
removes you from that. So go for a walk or a run or watch something on TV or even eat something or have a cup of coffee, not tea, because I don't like tea, but (laughs) tea would work as well, that just kind of breaks that cycle and puts distance between it and allows you to not be consumed by it. Oh, yeah. Cup of tea every time. Mm. Cup of tea. I I, I wish I liked tea. I feel like I'm missing out because so many people say about tea and I just uh, just don't like it. Oh, have you tried dipping (laughs) a biscuit in it? Mm, Yeah, no, yuck. Yummy! (laughs) That's the best thing ever. You ruined the biscuit. <laughs> Soggy bottom biscuit. Biscuit. Soggy. Yeah. Oh. No. Um, I think for my third one, I might say, which I'm again meant to be doing more of, but I'm actually finding I'm doing it more on my phone. Ironically, having just said digital detox, but journaling, so writing down. I, I mm. think your the P about power and control for me is a thing. Maybe, maybe that's what that's about. Trying to keep a bit of a note or a tab of of where I'm at helps me I think Mm. yeah definitely and again can help you to find those patterns and work your way through it yeah um I think my third one I'm just thinking of something like visualization is also really powerful but again like you with meditation I'm not very good at that so kind of visualizing the more positive outcome in something rather than focusing on the negative like actually visualizing yourself being there and how it feels and how other people are reacting um actually I think I probably do do that a little bit I'm gonna go for that one so really you know really get forming a strong picture in your mind of how the outcome could be positive can be really powerful I'm loving that word today I love that I really like the visualization one I think that's such a good way to to end because that is that is powerful and people mm. do say that is a thing you attract what you like you give out and mm. I think that's yeah I'm going to try that and one. I think they use it I think um like elite sports people use that a lot so visualizing themselves winning and stuff they actually it's oh. that's a good a big psychological thing in sports I think okay for the next two weeks I'm going to visualize winning the 100 meters at the Olympics <laughs> great let me know how your training's going <laughs> i don't think it works for us mere mortals <laughs> i mean you probably have to do some sort of physical stuff as well rather than just imagining it imagining imagining it mentally i don't know maybe it would work <laughs> quite good wouldn't it let's give it a try yeah i might do that oh oh it's been wonderful it's been a great one, quite a deep one, I think, but hopefully mm. quite useful and something that people can relate to. Definitely. And give us a shout if there's anything um, we've talked about that you, you want to drop us a line about or if you think there's something you would like to hear us talking about. We are Helen and Steph at googlemail.com. And we are on Insta, which is Helen and Steph underscore muddle three. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Bye. Bye.